Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Hope you guys are all well. Happy, happy, happy Monday. You guys, we are one of the top uh, dog training podcasts in the world. Uh, we are award-winning. Thank you guys so much for all the support. Obviously, wouldn't be able to do it without you. I appreciate you guys so much. I also appreciate all my clients that sign up that give me the opportunity to record these calls. This podcast may be one of the best podcasts I've ever done. And I say that because from start to finish, it is problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, fire, gas, uh, as my employees would say, gas, lit. Uh, it's all really good. So I know you guys are going to enjoy this. This dog owner is working on aggression, working on should they fix their dog, should they should they not fix their dog, the benefits of doing these things, but also just the tutorial and exercises and how to build a better relationship with their dog, why the things they're doing isn't working, why the other trainers weren't working that she was that that she worked with. Um, so it's 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 really good. I hope you guys enjoy it. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. And at the end of the podcast, don't forget I answer up to three dog training dog training questions left in the review column. So if you guys want to, if you guys want me to personally answer your dog training questions, all you have to do is go and leave a review of this podcast. And within that podcast review column, I will answer your questions at the end. So if you just want some more advice or you want to hear some of the questions that other dog owners are having in the army, just wait until the end. Or if you want me to answer yours, leave a review. So we're going to get into the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you Wednesday. Oh, and that reminds me. I'm trying to put out podcasts Mondays and Wednesdays, if you guys couldn't tell. Twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. So I want to say that's going to happen, but stuff happens and sometimes it's not as consistent. But for the last couple months, it's been that. So enjoy. So what's going on? Okay, you can see me? Yeah. This is crazy. I'm so excited. (laughs) I watch your videos all the time. (laughs) Sweet. And um, yeah, I just... He's very reactive. I've had, like, so many issues with him. I have gone a few trainers. It just hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, try to do what I can on my end. But obviously, I've been super busy. But this year, I need to because he's only a year old. So I feel like I still obviously have the chance to turn him around. Yeah. Um, but I just want to get advice from, from you. Sure. Um, the main thing that got me to... 
um, schedule a meeting with you is the fact that, so he's good with the people that he's known ever since he was a puppy. He's a COVID puppy, so he really didn't see that many people, so obviously didn't help either. Right. Um, but he was with, he's like good with my parents and my parents' dogs, and he's good with my boyfriend's dogs, not with his family, because he didn't see them that much. Um, but the other day, he kind of just tried to attack my mom, like, super randomly, and he was always super good with my mom. So that was kind of, like, scary, obviously, and it had happened before, too, with my boyfriend's sister. He was good with my boyfriend's sister, and then all of a sudden he... He actually ended up biting my my brother's sisters, my boyfriend's sister. So that was pretty bad. Okay. Um. So I don't really know what advice you have on what is it that's going on whenever he just switches up on people like that. Yeah. So you know, there's a couple different things that that can happen. Um. There's there's many different avenues that it can go down. Um. It could be genetics. That's the first thing that I usually talk about. Is if a dog is randomly attacking people. Um, genetics definitely plays a role, which means if it's poor mm-hmm. breeding or if uh, genetics are essentially, you know, the same thing like with humans, mom and dad are seven feet tall. Chances are kids are going to be tall, right? So in the mm-hmm. sense of a dog being aggressive, if mom and dad were aggressive, nervy, anxious, have a bite history, chances are their kids or their, their puppies will have uh, some behavioral issues. So that's some of it. Um, the other The other big thing that I think comes about when we talk about dogs being aggressive is lack of leadership, lack of control. So way too mm-hmm. much, way too much love, not enough leadership. So not a lot of training, not a lot of uh, accountability, not a lot of um, stability within the relationship to to make the dog feel like they're a safe dog and they have control. Um, yeah. So, so so that's the other. Those are the two big things why I typically see dogs have issues and, and randomly start biting. So you've had this dog since a puppy? Yeah. He okay. was eight weeks. And how old is he now? Two? Uh, no, a year and two months. Okay. So a little over a year? Yeah. I got him last December. When did the when did the biting and the reactivity and the aggression start happening? Around like five, six months. Okay. And is he fixed? No. I was going to ask, like, should yeah. I... Yeah, so that that's that's the third thing. So that's the third kind of white ghost unicorn thing that every single person that I talk to is going to go down those three things. And if it's not, if you say no, mom and dad were good. Moving on to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, gen- like this is something that comes up every single week. My dog, six to eight, six to eight yeah. months, six to eight months, six to eight months, six to eight months. You see it in my, you see it in my videos. You hear yeah. it on my podcast. It happens every single week. And so for me, I'm really big on what works. I'm really big on results that are in front of me. I'm really big on, okay, that was beautiful. Yeah. Let's do this, you know? And so taking information in from, I mean, I collect so much information every day from dog owners, from all different places parts of the world, all different dogs, yeah. right? So this is a thing, 100%. This is a thing. I, you know, the hard thing for me is is I don't know necessarily why it's such a thing for sure. Like I can't just tell you your dog is pulling on the leash because your dog doesn't know heel, right? With with this type of 
it, it become I know it's a it's a maturity thing. So once the dog gets that like sexual maturity, anywhere between six to eight months, sometimes a little bit older, depending on the dog, depending on the breed, whatever, right? Just like with people, these things happen where it's like all of a sudden or out of nowhere, and then these two things correlate. I'm like, okay, what age? And that's why you said, oh, around the six-month yeah. mark. I'm like, okay, next question. Is he fixed? No. Ding. So I I personally think what ends up happening is is the the dog starts to get like almost pushy and – territorial mm-hmm. and and then it kind of lends to the second thing that I talk about about lack of leadership. So then you get this independent, confident, potentially confident, um pushy or like fake confident. I feel like he's more fake confident. I'll, I'll get more into that. <laughs> yeah. Later, but <laughs> so I think I think that those those things kind of lend a hand is if you don't have control over that animal that's now getting Hey, I'm kind of king of the house, and mm-hmm. and it could be little things like resource guarding you, or resource guarding the 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 bulls on the ground, or you know. So, it, and it's hard for dog owners because it is all of a sudden for for you guys, but for somebody who's yeah. who studies and binges dog behavior, <laughs> you know, for me, it's like it's not out of nowhere. It's, it's not out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. So, so there's that. That's like probably what you're dealing with. Now, again, it's it sucks because I can't tell you, oh, well, when dogs hit this maturity rate, this clicks off in their head and then mm-hmm. they do this. Like I've talked to veterinarians about it. We've had them on the podcast. I don't – nobody really knows why that, that switch happens. But we do know like mm-hmm. with most animals and even with humans, uh, we – we get to a certain point of our life where we mature and we're, we're different. So, yeah, so, definitely. So anyway, um, so, there's that. Yeah. So you would recommend fixing. I don't know how, like if I'm doing it sooner, probably would have helped a lot more, but I just felt like he was also, or he is also a very, very anxious dog. So I just kept researching and just like, I don't know. Like I didn't really know if, fixing it fixing him whenever he was like let's say like in his because he's getting better like about his anxiety and just like reacting like outside like or maybe i know how to handle him a little bit better Mm -hmm. um but i didn't know if fixing him was just gonna make it worse like making him more anxious like him like uh, all of a sudden like not i don't know just the hormones like changing like whatever so that's why i haven't done it but i've always been open to it Mm -hmm. i was just waiting because i read like after a year and like eight months, whatever, like it's better. I don't even know. Yeah. But I'll definitely fix him if yeah. you recommend that. Well, and that's the that's the hard thing for me is is it, there is benefits to, and I, I pretty much have this conversation every day. But there is benefits. <laughs> there is benefits to having the dog intact physically. Like I always give this example of my Saint Bernard Thompson who passed away this last year. He lived. He was a Saint oh, Bernard. Yeah. Thank you. He he was a Saint Bernard who lived for 12 years like super super orthopedically sound dog that lived for 12 years and I think a lot of that has to do with his raw diet and the fact that he was intact he developed really I mean big dogs Mm. need big bones and so there is definitely evidence backing because there's a (laughs) 
<clears throat> there's a difference between scientific evidence and, and evidence in general, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's, yeah, anyway. So there is evidence that shows that dogs who are stayed intact have the likelihood of to develop bigger, stronger bones and some other things. But also they have uh, a potential to develop testicular cancer or other type of cancers, depending on the breed, depending right. on the, the sex of the dog. So then it's like, it, you, it's a constant battle of, so I'm not saying necessarily you have to fix him. I'm just saying that if you're going to keep your dog intact, you have to mentally and strategically be prepared to make sure that you have a, a handle over your dog. And the interesting thing is, is I do think it is very per dog, right? Just, just mm -hmm. as it is per, per person that I have, I have, uh, friends, you know, like Tucker Budson is a great example. He's a internet uh, superstar golden retriever dog. He's the most, <laughs> he's the most engaged dog on the planet on the internet. He's wonderful. I had an opportunity to hang out with him and meet him. He's an intact male. This is my, this is my example. <clears throat> he's an intact male and he doesn't really show many signs of being an intact male. He can play with other males. Other males can come into his house. Other males can go into yeah. his backyard. There's just no problem. Yeah, no. Oh, and how to fix it yeah. <laughs> for that to even for me to even want to approach that, honestly. Yeah, no, and, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not asking you to or expecting to. I'm just saying it. It's 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 hard because it's so variant on the dog, and I think at the end of the day, yeah, you as the dog owner have to have control. Like that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Is it doesn't matter what side your dog. Like you can say you have five dogs, and all of them are for the mm -hmm. from the same litter, or maybe they're not. You can do a test, and I, and I really don't think it's going to be consistent. I, I really don't because this whole fixing a dog and not fixing a dog, again, has benefits physically, has mm -hmm. um, some, some not so much benefits uh, on behavior. Sometimes they get protective, grouchy, territorial. They have a lot going on. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I didn't want to make things worse, but I have like been wanting to do it. I just didn't know. I don't know. Yeah, and even so, – but, but, but also right now, even if you fix him, it could change nothing, zero, because he's already he's already complete True. he's already completely matured. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, yeah. They say again, <laughs> there's no like exact to it, right? Because mm -hmm. it's so discretionary. They say dogs can fully mature anywhere between eight months to um, a year and a half to two years. Um, so, and it's a physical yeah. and a mental maturity. It's 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 two different rates. So anyway, so yeah. kind of like with people, right? So mm -hmm. it, it, it is difficult. It is difficult decisions. But I, like I said, I think after that year mark, he already has a lot of that stuff going on. I don't think it would hurt. But I'm just saying, right? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if you just if you get him fixed, and you remove something from him, there's still a good chance because of his hormone growth. That's that's why people keep their dogs intact is because they want them to fully mature and become a mature adult. So they get the benefits of having all of the the bone growth and the the physical and mental mental growth of being an adult dog if you if yeah. you fix your dog before that your dog stops developing right. to a sense okay. they you know if you fix them before their growth plates get as big as they need to they're going to not be as big and strong you know as they as they need no. to so i guess that's kind of my last thing on that is just because you go and fix them doesn't mean it's going to take everything out of that away okay so yeah I feel like either way because whenever I take him let's say to the vet or anywhere really <laughs> that they see like how he is they're always like you need to fix him so mm -hmm. just even to 
I feel like that would be my next step, just to see what happens. I don't think it's going to digress him, like, from where he is at right now. Like, if anything, it's just going to help at least a little bit. Or or not at all, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so... But... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say... Um, so let's talk about your training with him right now. Um, what, yeah. what type of training have you done? What's 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 the philosophy? What are the things you've done and failed at and things you've done and been successful at? Yeah, so um, I tried the prong collar. Honestly, it helped. He was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. And... It helped, but he was still pulling, and I felt like he was like <laughs> hurting himself. And I know that I shouldn't, ha- I shouldn't have stopped with that. I feel like I need to buy a, a new one and just start doing that again because it didn't help with walks. Um, right now, what I have is like this. How do I flip this? It's just this, like kind of like <laughs> dog collar. It's like a choker thing. Yeah, so it's just a, it's a metal slip chain. Yeah. Yep. Um the it helps whenever Oh my god, I can't flip it now. <laughs> it's okay. Um it helps whenever I'm able to get it on the right spot. I know you've talked about that on video sometimes. Um, but I was wanting to get one of the ones that stay on mm-hmm. in the same spot because that that definitely lets like makes them stay just like right by me. Um Mm-hmm. But I ordered one on Amazon. I don't know. Long story. I just like, haven't been able to find the right one for him. Yeah. So when it you're, comes to walks. Yeah. So what? What about the training? I know you said you worked with a couple of trainers before. What? What was that like? Oh yeah, the trainer. So I live in an apartment and it's pretty small right now. I'm actually in in the process of moving to a house, so he's gonna have a backyard. That'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would really just go to the door and stay at the door, and he would stand like over there like in that corner kind of to have like enough space and at first she would like come up and if he like didn't bark at her like she would like throw a tree and like go away and like it it just like and that was pretty much all the sessions it was six sessions okay um so so she was but by the end by the sixth session Mm -hmm. but by the sixth session like she was able to even like sit at the couch and he wouldn't bark at her so that was i guess progress but that was like as much progress as we got um we also went outside with her and like he wouldn't bark at her by the sixth session um so that was a little bit of progress but she pretty much just said okay y'all are kind of on on your own (laughs) like she didn't really know like where to go from there okay Did Um, did she handle him at all or no no all right you guys really quick i want to interrupt this podcast to plug my No Bad Dog Army, if you guys, there's something new in the No Bad Dog Army, which I'm really excited about. I started a Tom's Journal. So as I talk to dogs and consult with dog owners and trainers, and I'm getting a lot more training consulting now, but as I do this, I have so many thoughts and things that are run through my head and while I'm driving or while I'm talking or consulting or working or training or even sleeping sometimes. And so I started this new column and resource in the No Bad Dog Army Club which is a separate club um, that you guys can sign up for. The link is in the description. And essentially, it's just all my thoughts. It's kind of like a little blog. I really like writing, um, and I really like expressing like these ideas. And some of these ideas can be life-changing. So I started that in the No Bad Dog Army Club. And if you guys are unfamiliar with that, it's just a separate club of 
the No Bad Dog Army, everybody's on the same page. Everybody kind of knows how we how we work with dogs and all the lives that we're changing and helping. Um, and it's just a safe place for people to interact. And you guys also get full access to all of my uncut videos. So the videos that you guys see on my YouTube channel are 15, 20 minutes long. You guys are getting the whole thing, so an hour plus. Um, so it's a great resource for people who want to learn more about dogs or people who just want to connect the dots. Or a lot of times people just want to support the No Bad Dog Army members. I mean, people just want to say like, hey, Tom, you've helped me so much. How can I support? Well, you can go and sign up for this $19.99 membership. Right now it is $19.99 and the price is going to go up this year. So anyway, make sure you guys uh, join now if you are interested in the uh, club because the price is going to go up. Again, the link is in the description and let's get back to the podcast. <clears throat> a couple things is the 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 collar that you have isn't going to, so it makes sense. So this is this is kind of what I was thinking was happening is so you're dealing with two of the things that I was talking about out of the three things that can develop this type of dog right so because of mm -hmm. it's kind of like a I don't know a mechanic or something you're like hey my my car is doing this and I'm like yeah over the years of experience working on all these different cars it's probably these two things right and and those two things I was telling you about is him being intact and the lack of leadership so mm -hmm. Because you probably don't have good control over him on the leash or off the leash, and you don't have a you don't have a good accountability system. He's making decisions. He's doing what he wants. He's in charge, which is a problem mm -hmm. for many different reasons. It's a problem if for an excited, playful, happy dog. It's a problem for an edgy, year and change terrier dog yeah. that is trying to take over. Both of those are problems. And this is where dogs end up in shelters. This is where dogs end up in bad situations because dogs don't have accountability. They don't know what they're doing is wrong and they don't have the exercises and know how to behave properly because of that lack of mm -hmm. accountability. So <clears throat> what you want to do is right now you have like the, so the slip, the slip leashes in general or the slip collars in general are good. We use them all the time. However, we don't use anything metal because they don't stay in place ever. <clears throat> they they never yeah. stay in place. They're not. Yeah, no, that's what's going to Yeah. So you, in order to handle a dog correctly and properly and with minimal physical pressure, the equipment has to be right behind the dog's ears. Mm -hmm. Right behind the dog's ears. And so there's a couple of things that you can do. Is on our website we have. Um, it's on buynobaddogs.com. It's it's a okay. website. Yeah, it's a website that has our slip leashes on it. Um, and you can purchase one of our slip leashes in the beginning. I mean, that's the first thing you want to do um, is get get one of our slip leashes. And that's going to okay. keep that nice and nice and snug up top. The second thing you want to do, because there's going to be different environments that your dog is going to have to be responsive to. There's going to be different there's going to be different things. So if you're using a slip leash inside, like it's kind of like, this is a great way to put it. I've never put it like this before, but this is a great way to put it. It's kind of like if you're fishing in your backyard <laughs> pond and so different fishing has different pound tests, right? So if you're dealing with smaller animals or smaller fish, you can use like a four or five pound test. You can fish in a, mm -hmm. any pond, right? Then you go to the ocean mm -hmm. And then you're going to need a 20 to 150 pound test because there's different, right? The, your environment changes. Yeah, your no, that makes right. a lot of your, sense. Cool. Awesome. Your equipment changes. So in the beginning, you just, you want to work with that slip. So right now, here's what I'm saying about accountability. So think about him as a, as a, 
you're in charge. I don't want to say he's a kid, but think about it as like you're in charge, yeah. right? So when you say, what's his name? Prince. Prince. All right. You put Prince on your on your uh, right now. You put Prince on your metal collar, right? That's that's mm-hmm. down by his chest, and you go to the front door, and you say, "Prince, sit." And he looks at you, and he's like, mm. "Now I'm just going to give you a couple scenarios, right?" So he looks at you. He doesn't sit. You ask him to sit again, and then you give him pressure, and then the pressure hits his chest, which does, he doesn't really care about, and you're kind of just holding the leash up like this, and he doesn't care about it. And then maybe he puts his butt on the ground after three or four sits, right? Yeah. Or maybe even more. I definitely had to put it up here for him too. Yeah. Like I just say and put it up here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's obviously a process. If it was just there, it would be a lot easier. Right. Sure. You, so, so when you ask him to sit and it's there, you're immediately mm-hmm. holding him accountable. Immediately. Yeah. So you say, Prince, sit. And, and by the time you say T out of your mouth and he doesn't, boom, correction. Hey, mm-hmm. pay attention. You have to listen to me. Yeah. Right? So that's important because he's a dog that, I mean, terriers in general, is, what is he? A, what, what kind of dog is he? Is he a pit bull? He's like, a pit bull terrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so terriers in general, they, you know, they're, they're a class of working dog that, um, you know, they're, they, they can be very strong headed. They can be very like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to do what I want to do. But they're, <laughs> they're also you know, they can be overpowering, you know, both mentally and physically. They're strong dogs, both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. So when you, so I always talk about this, a micro and a macro. Right now, your dog isn't, res- just assumptions of my experience, your dog isn't, your dog isn't responsive to you the way that he should be. Like if you have a dog that is starting to go after people, right, starting to be aggressive to people, that's a, that's a loaded gun. And mm-hmm. you have to be responsible to make sure that you can say, Prince, go to your place. Zoom. Down. Boom. Yeah. Stay. You don't you don't even have that on the leash, let alone off leash. And so it, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to be, hey, I'm going to do this one thing and I'm going to get Yeah, this. and I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you are. I'm just saying, like, the, the I, I think that dog owners just don't understand that it's kind of like getting into the best shape of your life mentally and physically. It's not about just exercising. It's not about choosing the salad over the McDonald's. It's not, there's, (laughs) it's everything, right? It's eating better, exercising, drinking more water instead of soda, having a better outlet. I I mean, there's just so much, right? That you have to change. Mm -hmm. It's not just, Hey, instead of, um, this, I'm going to do this and boom, I'm going to be healthier. You there's, there's, yeah. there's almost like an evolution. And so there's so many different pieces that paint this picture. And so for you, yeah. so for you, again, it's like getting him on that slip and working him in your house, saying, Prince, sit, and then giving him pressure immediately when he doesn't sit. So he, so mm-hmm. again, micro macro. So the little picture is, is when you say sit, he sits. The bigger picture is, is you're telling him, Hey man, this isn't a discussion. I'm not, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, this is what you got to do. Right. And then he's going to go, Oh, you, a, a, you, now you care. You're, you're serious. Right. And you're like, yeah, I'm serious. Like, I'm not going to ask you six times. B, he's going to feel more comfortable saying like, okay, mom, you you can be in charge if you want. I feel comfortable with that. (laughs) Where right now he walks into your house. He walks into your mom's house. He walks in whatever. Right. And, and he looks at somebody and he's like, I 
am in charge. It's like kids, right? You go to you go to your go to your mom's whatever. You bring your kids somewhere, and they are used to saying, "Give me, give me this, give me that." And you're mm-hmm. looking at the kid like, "What did you just say? <laughs> give me what? Excuse me, who are you?" Right? <laughs> your dog is 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 in a sense kind of doing these things where they're like, "Nobody mm-hmm. tells me what to do." Right? And so the bigger picture is when you start holding your dog accountable and you start saying, I want you to do something. And if you don't do it, there's there's a follow through, there's a reinforcement, there's accountability, there's punishment. The dog will start yeah. look, the dog will start looking at you different and the dog will start acting different. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big For piece. example, um, right now I'm just trying to figure out how to because I do want to like just start socializing him literally every day like as much as I can just because I don't know I guess like I don't want to say everything happens for a reason like that could have been really bad if I didn't have the leash on him like with my mom but yeah it obviously just like woke me up and I'm like okay I need to just start because I kept just putting it off um like right now actually my parents are in my apartment right now because they're helping me with some stuff Mm -hmm. and he's been fine like he hasn't like reacted with them but I just keep him on the leash Obviously, and, like, they, like, my mom, especially now, like, keeps her distance and, like, all of that. But, like, would you just recommend to just have them on the leash? Like, whenever, obviously, obviously, whenever I'm around people. But I'm trying to just figure out, I guess, my question, how to start socializing him now that. Well, you yeah, you have to have I, control before you socialize him. That's kind of like, hey, when, 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 is it, when is it safe for me to bring my firearms around people? Like, well, first of all, you got to get control first. You got to know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I say firearms because it's the easiest thing that comes to mind. So don't, you know, mm-hmm. don't take it, take it with a grain of salt yeah, with yeah. my analogies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think, I think that it's true though. You, you really have to have control, you know, just like anything else, right? Like before you get behind mm-hmm. a car, you got to know how to drive the freaking car. Don't, please don't go out and drive in pu- <laughs> public traffic without having some ability to, to handle the car, right? So it's and it, yeah. it can be life or death, right? And so it's a bit morbid, but it's true. And and it's the same thing with with working with the dog who is starting to push those boundaries and say, hey, you know what? I want to because some dogs just do it for the thrill, like they're like, I want to I want to kick your ass right now, or you looked at me wrong, or I'm the biggest brat you've ever seen because I've never been told no. Right. And and then they mm-hmm. they're sitting in the kitchen and mom goes over and does something dog doesn't like dog freaks out because why not? What are yeah. you going to do about it? Nobody's told me no. Nobody's t- nobody's punished me. And that's that's the pro- see. And that's like the big the unfortunate thing in the in the in the dog space is people don't realize that that when you're doing positive reinforcement with dogs, it's it's that's all we're doing to develop. By definition, positive reinforcement is to encourage behaviors to happen in the future. We want these things to happen in the future. That's how you train a dog. That's how you train people. Hey, good job on your test. Here's a gold star. Let's go get ice cream. But the minute yeah. the minute you start having behavioral problems, that's when that's 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 where you limit your ability to to handle that problem and handle that dog. So could be something that yeah, you, that's you dealt like. with. That's what I like about your approach because the trainer that I had, she even wanted me to have him on a harness and just like, you know, like just wanting to be as positive as possible with the dog. But I, 
I realized that with dogs like this, obviously, yeah. you need to be a little bit more stern. Yeah, you need to be <laughs> a little bit more assertive. And even by definition, yeah. you know, using positive reinforcement to, to discourage behavior is impossible. It doesn't happen. It's, it's in the rule book, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what that is for. Yeah. You're never going to do it. That's why so many dogs end up in a shelter. That's why every balanced dog trainer in the country has a wait list for six months, right? So mm -hmm. anyway, um, so I think these are some things that you have to start really working on and really start developing that if your dog doesn't listen to you then it so here's here's something that i always tell people like if you've seen my youtube videos at all even just one of them yeah you know on reactivity somebody comes in and the first thing i say is okay your dog has bitten your mom and your kid and your husband and your cousin and your brother and your wife and your niece <laughs> and your nephew i personally like uh, the first thing I want to say, it's the same thing I said to you is I'm like, okay, I want to see you work your dog. So if you, if you see any yeah. of these, if you see any of these videos, unless it's a dog that's actually actively trying to hurt me, which even then I'm like, I want, I'm going to step aside. I'm going to open up this gate. I want you to walk your dog around the room and I want to see what happens. And if yeah. the person has no control over the dog, I don't care about how many bites it has. I don't care what the problem is. I'm telling yeah. them like, Hey, you're worried about not being able to drive to work, but you don't even have your license. So I don't care about that. I don't care about your problem yeah. about the dog. And when I say I don't care, I don't see it's not meaningful. I'm just saying we can't even touch teaching you how to drive right. to work because Until you don't even you have... yeah you don't even know how to start the freaking engine. So that's something that and really is helpful. Would you? Yeah, and no, would you say like just starting with the leash and going on walks with him like every like that's where i need to well, restart yes pretty much yes it starts on the leash right so communication mm -hmm. with do like you and i are sitting here having a conversation because we both understand english right we went to school we learned how to do it we understand <laughs> yeah. it a b c d e f g the, the sounds that are coming out of my mouth make sense to you and so dogs aren't like that so you have to start communicating with your leash that's the you know it's like how do how do we train everything? It's it's you got to have some sort of control in the beginning, right? So, mm -hmm. and then in the future, the 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 equipment and the things that we're using start to disappear because we we ha like mm -hmm. in the beginning, like a horse, right? You get a horse that's never been ridden. You get somebody that's never ridden a horse. You're not going to bareback throw them on and see what happens. That somebody's going to die, right? You have to yeah. break the horse. You have to break them in. You have to start using equipment. And then over time, the just like with dog training, the equipment starts to become less. And even if the equipment doesn't become less, you're using it less. Like my mm -hmm. Saint Bernard, 150 pounds walking around with my 90 pound wife. That dog is always in a prong collar, but the dog probably has never been corrected for the last four years that he was alive because he was trained. But we had the equipment yeah. on because this is an un, that's an unfair thing for both things, yeah. the, you know. So anyway, moving forward. Um, so the answer is yes. You, you definitely want to, to start putting the dog on a leash and start communicating and start really teaching the dog some things. Now, going back to what I was saying about the sit. I think one f big problem that typically happens when we go over this is dogs have to know the behavior first before you do these exercises. Oftentimes, dogs don't understand these behaviors at all, right? They, they, mm -hmm. so, so I get a dog in and I say, hey, Fido, sit. And the dogs look at me like I have 10 heads. I'm giving the dog pressure. The dog's jumping up in the air. And the owners are <laughs> scrambling for their treat pouch. And I'm like, look, if your dog knew sit, your dog would sit because I'm giving them pressure and they're trying to escape the pressure. So by using negative reinforcement, the dog would naturally just say, okay, fine, I'll sit. 
but yeah. they're squirming around all over the place because they actually don't know their behavior. So that's something that's really important too is a lot of when I say this thing to dog owners, they go out and they start giving the dog a bunch of pressure on behaviors they don't know and then they make the dog more frustrated and things start to spiral out of control. So I would just mm-hmm. scale it back a little bit and make sure your dog fundamentally understands. I know it sounds silly, but fundamentally understands the behavior sit and down and whatever else because if you don't you'll you'll get frustrated and the way that you can you, you'll be able to understand like what if the dog sits or or doesn't but that's what you really want to start doing is get your leash on your slip leash right mm-hmm. go go to the front door uh go to the hallway start working in your house is my point to answer your question do you put the dog in the leash and start working Yes, but don't go outside yet because again, you don't have that control yet. You're not. Don't go out on the nor- don't yeah. go out on the interstate. You're you're just learning in the parking lot with mom or dad. Like don't don't go out there yet. Just wait. You gotta develop yeah. first because I don't want you to get overwhelmed. Doesn't mean you can't yeah. bring your dog outside. That just means I I would encourage you not to train as much outside because it's biting off more than you can chew. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Big difference, right? So. Yes, yep. but the most important thing is accountability. <clears throat> so you say, Prince, sit. He's like, two things. is The dog will go, what do you got for me? Or do I have to? And yeah. Or sometimes, again, it's like, what is that? So making sure he understands sit, and then that's where you, you give him pressure. You say, hey, you, what am, am I chopped liver? Because that's, again, that's the, that's the same thing, right, with kids. Or even, uh, or even um, your employees, right? If I walked into my, my facility with my 20 employees and I said, hey, I need you to do this. And they were like, eh. It's like, why? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not a good leadership. So I can't get yeah. anything done. And I can't trust them, right? Same thing with kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I, I need you to go to your room for a second. Nah. So then if <laughs> I ask them to, to clean up the dishes and come when you know come inside when I said or blah, 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 it's not going to happen. Because my overall relationship mm-hmm. is is destroyed, because the dog just doesn't listen, right? So so you got to work on those things because again, that's the macro. When I ask you to do something, I'm telling you, I'm not asking you. These are these mm-hmm. are the things you got to do. And so by holding him accountable for the first time, like right now, like you said with the slip, it's probably not going to be useful. So in the future, what you can do is you can move equipment up. So I suggest with like a terrier like that, you can use the Starmark plastic pinch collar. Um, just as an in between the prong collar and the slip leash, um, it's going to give okay. you it's going to give you a little bit more umph. It's going to give you a little bit more control without being overbearing because this dog has really never been told no and never been punished before. So you got to be careful how you do it because you don't want to, you know, m- uh, get them mm-hmm. frustrated. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yes. So some so, so some exercises going to the door, asking him to sit, reinforcing it immediately. Bang! I said sit, right? And then no. and then when the dog. When, when the dog sits, you'll then say, good sit. And that's it. Yeah. You don't want to pay him with, with, with really anything, external food, ball, toy, if he's not actually doing good. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, we do do that. Like, because I, I live in an apartment, so I have been kind of forced to, like, have to have him around people and stuff. Um. Which I don't know if it's been good or bad, but uh, I like make him sit before I go outside, and then I open the door and he stays before we leave, and then I'm the one 
I I saw somewhere that I'm supposed to be the the first one to like sure. kind of like leave and enter the apartment too. So he said before we get in, into the apartment too. Um, sure. So yeah, yeah, and that's and kind that's of good. where I've started. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So just make sure that you you very clearly like compartmentalize it to having the break command too. So don't. So what a lot of people do is they don't go all the way with that. They go sit. And you can do an implied sit, which is essentially just asking the dog to sit without a stay. It doesn't freaking matter to me. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But you do sit, you do stay. You walk out the door. You just have to make sure that the dog is cueing off of your verbal. So mm-hmm. what a lot of people will do is they put the dog in a sit and a stay. They open the door, and then two seconds later, the, because the dog stayed for two seconds, the dog gets up and walk away, and that's a win. It's not. You have to make sure that the dog is cueing off of your break or your free. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you're doing that. That's great. But I would practice it over and over again. So a lot of yeah. people make this mistake too, is they will only do that maybe twice a day when they let the dog out, but you want to practice that over and over again, you know, like really, mm-hmm. really, because then what you'll do is the dog will go out having expectations of going outside, which is good. And then you're gonna say, okay, we're going to go try this again. That's where you're going to, that's where the rubber will, will meet the road. Because essentially, when you break him out that door, you're rewarding him. So he doesn't mind sitting and staying because he knows the next move is to go outside. If you take him back in and say, hey, we're going to do this again, that's where you're going to see your dog. That's where you're going to run into frustration. Yeah, I already did that, though. I'm done with this. We've done that. I want to go outside. (laughs) That's where you're going to – so that's going to be the test. I'll start trying that. Right. (laughs) So so same thing with everything else. I just tell people – that's just an example, but just test him. And not like a test of what are you going to do about it, but a test of you have to listen to me until I release you. So same thing with food, Mm -hmm. same thing with balls. Put him into a sit-stay, throw a cup of food in the ground, right? And then just tell him to stay. And then you can break him to that food. You know, things like that, just really testing him. The other thing that that I suggest you to start immediately is the the place command. Do you have that yet? Just like a bed, Um, bed command? I had it. Not really. Not really anymore, honestly. Okay, that'll be good too for two big reasons. First reason is is obviously putting him into a targeted area on command is super, mm-hmm. super good for any dog. Like even, again, even if you have the other end of the spectrum dog, super excited, overwhelmed when people come over, piddling, jumping, whining, spinning, so excited, loving, kissing, etc. which you don't have, but I'm just saying regardless, you have to make sure that like, okay, somebody comes into my house, you're, you're not going to be able to tell the fish not to swim. You're not going to be able to t- tell the dog, hey, don't get stimulated, don't care, right? So when somebody comes into my house, mm-hmm. I just have to, I have an older dog. She's on her way. She's 17, so she's not up jumping around being crazy. But Lakota, yeah. my Dutch Shepherd, she's <clears throat> she's excited when people come in. We have a lot of people in and out of, the, in and out of my house throughout the day. So what I do is I can – I'm not going to ever expect her to not care about somebody coming into my house. That's why we have dogs. But what I right. what I need to be able to do is say, okay, go to your bed, and she goes there, or go to your crate, which is even in another room. Mm-hmm. She can do both of those things on command at any time. So yeah, um, that's what something you need to that start. I ran into um, whenever I was doing place with him. I had it kind of like just in the living room, but and obviously not right next to the couch. Yeah, but he would sit there, and I would bring him like with a treat. And he would sit there for a while. And then if, like, 10, 15 minutes would go by, like, he would start being, like, 
mm-hmm. and like barking at me like what am i doing here yeah. um i had to be like i don't know why i stopped doing that honestly but yeah. that's where i was at with him like he would sit for like a while and then be like okay what what am i doing here <laughs> yeah yeah and that and that's 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 okay i mean that's totally cool i think mm-hmm. i think what you what you just have to do is you have to keep expanding that and challenging that and getting that better. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. like, so every, every obedience pattern has, um, has kind of a roadmap and has a, it has a level right to it. So when you're doing, so for an example, place sit, stay or place down, stay or place stay has a, has a roadmap in the beginning. It's on the leash to the place, very close by stay for 30 seconds and then break Mm -hmm. as you build it's send away to the place, which means you drop the leash or don't have a leash at on at all. And you set so whenever when somebody, so a lot of people, what they do is they accomplish very little with their dog and they assume it's done. And then they try to, Mm -hmm. then they try to take that little piece of obedience and use it in something that really should be, a level five when you're at level one and then they're like, ah, it mm-hmm. failed. I'm like, yeah, but there's a huge flaw here is you did the most basic thing ever, you know, a very generic basic thing and expected really good results. And so let yeah. me, let me walk you through that for, for really quick. This is for everything that you do, sitting, placing, healing, downing, uh, recall everything, right? Send the dog to a place on the leash, having them sit, having them stay for, 15 seconds and you're paying them externally with food the whole time they're motivated they're excited they're engaged right as you continue and this could be a week uh, two days two hours depending on you and the dog how long you're working on it how Mm -hmm. good you are right what you want to do is start moving away so then the next step may be okay the dog is going there i'm going to start dropping the leash but I'm not getting further away. I'm dropping the leash, sending the dog to the place. Now I'm now I'm now I'm sitting and staying for 45 seconds, right? And then you're breaking the dog. And now you're starting to send the dog away from further distances. And then you're sitting and staying for a minute. And then you go back down to sending the dog, sitting and staying for 10 seconds and adding in three or four balls being chucked around the room. And then you're adding people ringing the doorbell and then you're adding food on the ground and then you're adding X, Y, and Z. And so you take that, that really core behavior and you, you, you drill it in with all of these different variables because why do we train? We train our dogs so we can have a good relationship with them in, in reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's other things, building a better relationship, getting the dog to behave. But really, the only nobody comes to me and says my dog is perfect. I want to pay you for advice, though. It doesn't happen. Right? <laughs> it doesn't happen. So when a lot of people have a problem, and and or they have little tiny things that they want to fix, and so you want to develop that dog with many different variables. So my point is, is going up to the door, sit, stay, and you're like, oh, I already do that. Make it better sit, stay, Mm -hmm. drop the leash, go outside, shut the door, ring the doorbell, come back in and then break the dog. Oh yeah, we can't do that. But you want to work on that development until you get to that point. Do you know what I'm saying? That's just a template for Mm -hmm. everything. Every little thing that you accomplish, that's good. But you want to continue to build and build and build because reality is going to look much different than your practice. So if you yeah. have a, if you have a piece of food with nothing going on and a leash in a place, you send your dog to a place. They go there. You say good place. They sit. You give them their food. You say stay. It's a currency game. This is how animals think in general. Humans do as well, right? If 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 the grass is greener over here, you're going there, right? It's a currency game. So right now the dog is engaged with you because you have food in your hand, 
the dog is engaged mm-hmm. with you because there's nothing there. You're the only show in town. There's nothing else going on. Right. And then you move back right. and then all of a sudden, ding dong. Hey, how's it going? Boom. You're gone. So it's not yeah. real. It's not, it's not even a realistic training. So, but, but you have to start at that level. And that's where mm-hmm. a lot of people make a mistake in the obedience world and in the behavior modification world. Because if you said, yeah, I'm doing the place, the sit, stay on leash with no distractions, but we're still having problems when mom and dad come over or whatever, makes sense. To, to comp- you have to develop up into that point. And that's where you have to get creative. Mm-hmm. So you'll go out of your, your apartment, you'll ring the doorbell, you'll knock on the walls, you'll do all these different things. And you're just proofing and proofing and proofing and proofing and proofing until you feel like we are prepared for reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? And and mm-hmm. right and you have to have accountability. Well, right now, if you did this, you'd only be getting like a quarter, like one fourth of the training that you need. Because when he decides to say, Okay, I'm over this, you just kinda doop do doop, come back, right? That's like the trainer with the harness is you grab the dog, you put him back. Well, they don't learn anything if you did that. You gotta teach him mm-hmm. right then and there. No. You stepping one paw off this placemat is not okay. There's a consequence for that immediately when you do that. But if you don't, yeah. if you don't use that punishment, just like positive reinforcement, if if you ask the dog to sit, they finally set their butt on the ground. You just looked at them. They're not going to capture it. They're not going to learn it. It's not going to make sense in the future, right? So it's the same thing mm-hmm. with positive punishment. Is as soon as the dog does something you don't like, that's a problem. Don't do that again, immediately. But if you just yeah grab them and put them back, they're not going to sustainably understand it, especially with an intact one-year-old pit bull terrier. <laughs> You're gonna, yeah. You could spend the rest of your life with the best positive-only trainers in the world, and you will not make a difference if you do it like that. Yeah. And um, just on walks around the apartment here, now what I do is just kind of, just from watching your videos, like if I see someone coming, like I have to just turn around yeah. the other way and like, I let them see it. Sure. I let them see them, but like obviously I'm not gonna like walk towards them because like that's just unrealistic. And I I have one. I always put a muzzle on him just in case because yeah, I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just walk. I walk the opposite way, or I. Um. I find that he's less reactive if we're walking. So like if we're like at a certain distance, like I can like walk by someone, but obviously just like have them tight like on, on the leash yeah yeah but um, that that kind of comes yeah and that's a, it's a good point and that's my next thing is um i think outside of this, that's still getting ahead of myself <laughs> it is it is but it isn't i mean you have to go outside with your dog right yeah. but you're but what you do outside of the dog is predicated off of the the homework that you've done same thing that we just <laughs> talked about obviously going okay. outside is a, is a different ball game and you have to build up to that point some yeah. people can build up to that point in a day. Some people can build up to that point in a month. It just depends on how much time you're spending, how good you are as a handler, and if you're doing things to make a difference. A lot of people do mm-hmm. the old, like, you know, like a lot of training, a lot of trainers in general. It's uh, the definition of insanity. If, if you're working with a trainer for a year, whoa, boy, you know, like that's yeah. – we, we train service dogs to, to, to save humans' lives in a year, Right. If, if you're working on a behavior modification scenario or teaching a dog something for a year, there's a really great chance you're doing the definition of insanity, trying the same thing over and over again, expecting yeah. different results. So you definitely need to bring your dog out outside, obviously. However, you also need to make sure that when you're, when you're expecting your dog to go outside and behave, you have to teach them how to behave outside. So what is a countering, what is a counter to your dog pulling on the leash, 
being reactive to a person, loading on a person, being suspicious of a person, barking at a person, it would be two things. It would be leave it and it would be heal. So again, like you have to have those baseline behaviors in order to apply them in situations that you'll need them. That's, that's Mm -hmm. the other big problem. A lot of dog owners have Tom, my dog drags me down the road. Tom, my dog doesn't stop jumping. Have you taught your dog heal and have you taught your dog off? And how, and if you've introduced those things, how long have you worked on them and how often are you working on them and how realistic is the training, right? So the healing starts inside on your slip and the heel is essentially this loose leash left side. That's it. That's the dog is at your heels, right? You're moving forward. Mm -hmm. You're changing positions. You're, you're changing directions. You're going inside. You're going outside. The dog has to be at your heels. And you're using your leash to help. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Like a horse. Turn this yep. way. Okay. Now turn this way. Like a car, really. Right? If, if mm-hmm. you want the car to go to the right and you turn to the right, as soon as you get into the position that you want, you straighten it out and there's no pressure on the wheel anymore. Right? Same thing with mm-hmm. the dog on a leash. Get that slip nice and snug right behind the dog's ears. Prince heel. You move forward. He goes to the left. Pop, 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 pop. Uh-uh. He slides back into position. Good heel. You go. You continue yeah. to go. Same thing with directional changes. But but here's the thing is everyone thinks that heel is... He, he, listen, you're teaching an animal with four legs to walk with a human with two legs on a rope. It's not easy. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's just not. It's really not. Some dogs are easier than others. Some dogs don't need any tools. They don't even need a leash. They're just right by you. We've had those unicorn dogs. Lola, my older girl, she's like that. She was the best dog since day one. She never needed, Aww. yeah, never needed any training. Just got super lucky. Just adopted her from a pet petco adoption clinic on the floor, right? So <laughs> anyway, um, but but not all dogs are going to be unicorn dogs like that. So what you have to yeah. do is you have to teach Prince inside. Hey, this is what heel is. And so a great way to do that, really quick, get yourself like a hallway or just an area that you can put him on the on the wall so he has very mm-hmm. limited chances to fail so he he only has one way to go or two ways front and back he can't go to the left because there's a wall there he can't go to the right because you're there you get some food mm-hmm. out and you work on that hallway or you work on that parking garage or wherever you can get in to get these you know just a four square room would be great you move the chairs yeah. out of the way move the furniture out of the way and you'll say Prince heel, and you'll have your food. And and if he's food motivated, he'll be looking at you. Good heel, good heel. You stop, you pay him, good heel, and then you break him. And so again, it's just like we talked about before with the placing, the sitting, and all the obedience templates, right? That's the mm-hmm. first round, right? Second round would be doing it a little bit further, a little bit longer, going going from A to B. So one side of your room to the other, you've accomplished that. Check it off. Ding. Now A, B, back to A. Yeah. You've accomplished that. Now start moving away from the wall. Now start adding distractions. Now start adding directional changes. Just you got to teach him you at my heels is what you have to do. If you go outside of that, you're going to get pressure. You're going to get you're going to get some pops on the leash. Pop, 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 pop. Hey, hey, pay attention. Bang, 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 bang. Hit the rumble strip, right? You're driving. You correct. Same thing. <laughs> so your dog goes off that beaten path. You go, hey, bang, bang, bang. Pay attention. And he goes, oops. And he slides back in. Yes, buddy, good heel. And you pay him. So you teach him that heel, right? So again, same template. Inside, let's say you have a duration of two minutes healing. 
and you have some distractions. You have his ball on the ground. You maybe you have something going on outside. Who knows, right? You got some distractions. Say you do that for two minutes, you're good. Now, when you go outside, 30 seconds. Don't copy and paste the same yeah. thing. You Eventually, it will be, right? Eventually, it'll be the two minutes outside. But just make sure yeah, you... Yeah, it'll be like kind of starting... Correct. Out and out ...with the outside training. Correct. Not, not, inside isn't the same as outside. Correct. So just, yeah. so, so minimal stuff. But, but again, I think the big thing that you're struggling with, which millions of dog owners struggle with, is you don't have accountability when he decides to say, yeah, I'm not doing this. Right? Yeah. You have him on a harness, you have him on, on even a prong collar. Like so many people use prong collars just thinking when the dog pulls against it, it works. That's not the case at all. It's not, it's not how they're invented. That's not how they're used. A lot of people don't fit yeah. them right. So doesn't, it's not, the equipment matters, but it's not as, it's it's not as it's as important as your consistency as handling. They're just you know it's just like having a, a nail gun, a screw gun, uh, a tape measure, and a level. Those are all th- four separate tools. But the only thing that makes that work or not is you. Right. <laughs> They're not going to get up like Toy Story and start measuring and putting a house together for you. You have to do it, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, those are some things you have to do. So when you're outside, so say you're he- so this is where it comes into play. So you work on healing. He gets it. Okay. Healing means this. If I don't, I get pressure. Got it. So you go outside and you you put him into a heel, right? You start walking forward. You turn directions, 180. Your heels go and you go the other way. I call mm-hmm. this a calibration or tune-up if you've seen it on my videos. I turn and I go the other way. And if he goes squirrel, dog, person, forward, and I'm the other way, Bang! He gets corrected. Hey, what? Am, what? Am, excuse me. First of all, you know heel. Second of all, that person is not training you and feed you. I train you and feed you. You're mine. You got to pay attention. Again, micro macro. He's not healing. Yeah. Correction. But at the end of that, and the bigger picture is what's happening is is he's you're you're diffusing his build on people because you're telling. So you're 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 countering. Hey, you, I feel like you're going to react to this person. So instead of correcting you, instead of fighting you as a terrier to not react to this person because you've done it for a year and change and because you're intact, mm-hmm. you innately want to do it, I'm going to say heal and I'm going to correct you for not healing instead of correct you for building because it's more fair and he'll understand it yeah. a lot easier. So right. you do that directional change, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Two things happen is if the dog is super food motivated, he'll be like, oh, because if you're like, hey, pay attention to me and you get paid. Okay, great. The other thing will happen is he might not want to get corrected. So some dogs are sensitive than others, but he's like, I don't want to get punished. So I'm just going to pay attention to you. And then eventually Mm -hmm. everything else around you stops. They don't care about it because it's an inside job. It's between you and the dog. Because you're like, hey, pay attention, pay attention, Mm -hmm. pay attention, pay attention. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Right? It's just like watching a show. Like, yeah, it's like a very polarizing thing. Like, I'm just going to listen to you because I don't get anything from anything else. But if you go out with your dog, you slap them on a harness, and you put them in front of you, and they sniff, and they smell, and they pee, and they lick, and they pay attention to everything else, why would the hell would they listen to you? Right. So, But when you're outside, you might want to switch to the plastic pinch because it'll give you more control because he's a, he's a okay. powerful dog low to the ground. And mechanically... Um, if you have that slip, like I said, some dogs are more sensitive than others. But as he starts to pull through that slip, you might just get the dog go, and choke. And then you're like, okay. This. Yeah. So then yeah, the, 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 the yeah, the prong collars, the plastic pinch collars, those were invented 
as a safer alternative to using those equipment. So you can still correct the dog. You can still give the dog pressure. But instead of one point of pressure like the slip does or a slip collar, dominant dog collar, you have 28 points of pressure around the dog's neck evenly distributing at the same time for dogs who aren't that sensitive to the slip and they end up choking themselves out. So it's a way safer tool to use. Okay. Yeah. No, he if he's like fixated on something, someone, like he will just pull. Sure. That's why I, I can't like yeah, I have to just go the opposite way. So I might I get the pinch collar. Yeah. But again it's and like slip. Yeah, yeah. And but, again it's like you know, when I hear these things it's like, Yeah, but at the same time, like how good is this heel? How much time have you spent mm-hmm. on directional changes? How much time have you it's kind of like muscle memory, you know, like how much time have you worked on these exercises, like any athlete, right? Like they go to practice yeah. every single day. They run plays, they analyze, they're always prepared, you know? So, right. <clears throat> you know, that just, that just matters, you know, how much time you spend on those, those exercises. So anyway, yeah. that's a big thing, but, but I think what, what you should do just, you know, at the end of the day is you should really, really be focusing on getting back down to the, the basics. Ba- yeah. Because yeah you're not you're not going to be able to just turn this off like a light switch and i know that you know that i'm just saying like Mm -hmm. that's essentially what i see when i when i'm in these situations with dog owners is they're like i don't really have great control or any in some cases and my dog doesn't really know what i want him or her to do and i don't have any accountability or punishment systems in place and my dog is out of control so you don't have a the the means and know how to get the dog to do the right thing and b even Mm. if the dog does know the right thing and they decide not to do it you don't have any you have nothing to your advantage and leverage to do anything about it and especially when you're dealing with a year and change pit bull terrier male intact that is a recipe for an out of control dog um okay so i will work on the basic get him neutered and after i feel like that maybe in month two months i will meet with you again <laughs> because i definitely want to get your rundown on yeah. like i'll be at a bit at a bigger place soon like starting next week actually mm-hmm. um so i'll be able to have more space to even just have visitors and you know like yeah like work with that one person slowly you know but yeah. i know that's not I'm not even nearly close to starting with that, but I'll work on the basics and thank you so much yeah. for your time. You're welcome. The other, the only other thing I would add that I didn't have a chance to add is just exercise in general, like getting yeah. him out and just exercising him, getting a prey pole, like getting those big cat toys for dogs and just mm-hmm. going in your backyard, going in your apartment and ripping that around and, and really, you know, or just going, putting them in the car and driving to a place where you're not going to see people, putting them on, yeah. uh, you know, a long line and just letting him be a dog. Like that mental and physical exercise um, is half of the battle, you know, when you're when you're doing this too. So Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm excited to have a backyard. Yeah, sure. I'll be able to play with him at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Well, it's nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. Yeah. Just keep working at nice it. Nice to meet you. Maybe we'll talk again in the future. <laughs> Yes, we will. Cool. Awesome. Have a good day. You too. Bye. All right, you guys, we have reached the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to go over some questions that you guys have um, asked me in the review columns. We have two. Um, One of them is from Redhead with Heart. And amazing info on the bungee, but uh, we have a five-star review, so thank you so much for that. Love all your stuff, but please tell me how to keep the bungee from slipping. 
It happens while he has it on and the other dogs and he are playing. Is there any way to tuck the extra? So what we're talking about here is the bungee cord that comes with my Dogtra 280C. And so, yes, you can, there's a couple things. You can cut it and retie it. So the, the knots on the bungees that kind of look like little antennas that stick out, you can cut that and just retie it um, to the appropriate length of the dog because once it's fit on your particular dog, you don't need all that extra bungee. So you can cut it and retie it with bigger knots so it doesn't slip through the mechanism that takes it on and off. Or you can just tuck it under the actual collar. But to be honest with you, like bungees are meant for flexibility. Bungees are meant for the e-collar to actually have some flex and to move around a little bit. So if your dog is actively like playing and in, in, in roughhousing, um, it is going to move. That's kind of the point of the bungees. It makes it a little bit more comfortable wear for the e-collar um, throughout the day. So if it moves a little bit, um, it's normal. If it loosens up a little bit, it's not. You got to make sure that your mechanism is locked. There's a little uh, white thing on your bungee that locks the thing in place. So I would recommend doing that and then again cutting the bungee cord and then retying the knot so it fits better. I hope that that helps. And we have another uh, review here and a question. Life-changing and saving stuff here, guys. Five-star review from MHC56. Thank you so much. And if you guys don't have any questions and you want to support the podcast, um, which is free to do, you can always just leave a review. And, um, you know, I, I obviously could be charging this for this podcast, um, but I don't. I want you guys to just get the information out. So that's the other thing is if you don't have any questions, you want to support the movement, but maybe you just can't financially join the members club, go and leave a review. That would be cool. Tom provides so much incredible, valuable content and tools for free. Tom and his team are amazing. Um, so a lot of stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, cool. The question. Long question alert. That's totally fine. That's why we're on the podcast and we're not on YouTube because it doesn't matter how long we are. I've been working on leash reactivity with my German Shepherd and paying, uh, paying action to me instead of reacting to dogs on walks with the e-collar and prong collar. We were making huge strides. Now I'm struggling on the proofing his obedience, the place, the down, the stay, with distractions inside the house. We practice place with distractions, throwing the ball, vacuums, opening doors, things that would still trigger him, and he does great. But when there are real distractions take place, like someone coming to the door, he feels like doing something different or he chooses not to listen to come when I call him, when someone else is about to go out the door. How should I correct him to the point where it matters and he holds the obedience commands? Currently, I just say no or uh-uh, and, he, and, he put, and I put him back into the command generally with a low e-collar stim. But he seems not to care and will do it, do it as he please. Would a higher and timely correction on the mini educator be appropriate? He responds on a level 10 to 12 when he is calm, so that's the conditioning levels, and a 15 to 30 on walks, generally a 45 to 60 to get him out of every very uh, about to lose my mind state thank you for your help um the answer is yes i mean the the e-collar is something that that's why we use it that's why we have the advantages to use the remote collar wirelessly if a dog doesn't listen um i think the most important thing is is just making sure that the dog understands the behavior we're correcting him or her for so if you feel like because it becomes a currency game. If the dog gets off of the place command and says, hey, I'm going to go to the door because that means more to me right now at this current state, and I feel the correction and I feel the stimulation, but I don't really care about it and it's not meaningful to me, I'm choosing this over that. 
So yes, you can use the e-collar correction in your boost on the educator to correct the dog on a more timely thing. The other thing that really makes a big big difference is making sure you are on time with that. Like if he steps foot off that place command, you have to correct him immediately because once he kind of commits to doing the the act of going to the door fully, then you have less of an advantage to get the dog back into the position. The other thing that you can do if you feel like maybe the e-collar is just a little too much in the scenario is just get back down to the basics and use your prong and your or your slip in your long line. So he gets off that place and you pop him and you get him right back to the to the bed. And these are things, guys, like if you're listening, you have to understand the, the variables here of making sure the dog knows the difference between yes and no. The dog knows that they're they're misbehaving and they're doing something alternatively. The dog also understands the e-collar and the prong collar correction. So this this those are really big components to the information and advice I'm giving right now. So you just have to make sure that when your dog is doing something like that, that you do correct them. So that way you don't have to deal with it in the future. And so sometimes dogs will definitely say, what are you going to do about it? And I'm choosing this over that. And obviously that's your job to say, nope, nope. You know, just like anything else in, in life, if, if the dog just says, yeah, I'm listening up until this point, you have to do something that the dog actually cares about so they'll learn over time. And then eventually you don't have to use any equipment or any aversives or any corrections. The dog just learns. Anyway, so I hope that that helps. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget, if you want me to answer your specific dog training questions, leave a review in the review column that you're listening to this on. Or if you want to support the No Bad Dogs podcast, leave a review anyway. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you Wednesday. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.